say it loud, say it loud. You all right, all right, all right. Okay, so, uh, Bobby, welcome to the, I believe it is the third, fourth, fourth official episode of the uh, Black Sprout podcast. Uh, so excited to have you here. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh bobby is on our sales team he's been at sprout how many years you've been at sprout now a little bit over a year had my one year in uh june okay yeah one year in june all right so thinking about that uh one year anniversary let's talk about kind of how you ended up at sprout social i'd love to hear a little bit more about that yeah um that's there's a long that's a long story you gotta start uh (laughs) Man, um, got to start back. Like I, I had my first job out of college, um, and I was working back in Houston, uh, for a company Cisco, Cisco foods. Um, and I was working in their like costing department and in that environment, there was like so many requests. Like sometimes I couldn't even get up to go to the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, I was like, if I'm going to be working this hard, like I want to be getting paid for it. So at that moment I started thinking about getting into sales. Okay. Um, but it's, it was like a long road to get to sales. Um, I did a lot of interviews back in Houston and primarily like the industries in Houston are like all like, uh, like oil and gas. So it's like a, like field sales uh, mm, roles. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. and like I, I'd always get through the interview, get to like the last round, like usually some form of a panel interview, and then like the feedback I always get was like, "Oh, you're too, you're too reserved to to be in sales." And uh, I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Like uh, my personality is like, I need to be preheated. Like you got to set the oven to 450. <laughs> give, me, give, give me some time to warm up before like you get the whole thing. Um, so yeah, I, I sat my I sat in multiple roles at Cisco for about four years um, until like I had like at the same time I was doing like improv something I've been doing on and off since junior high um, and through that I did a workshop with the Second City. They came to Houston and did like a sketch workshop that was really um, interesting. And then I, after talking to some of the cast members there, they were like. Yeah, if you're serious about um, like improv, you move to Chicago. Um, oh. So I was like, uh, so, I mean, Chicago was something I'd never really considered moving to. Um, it was super cold, uh, <laughs> 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 and like just being like a native Texan, it's like I think it snowed one time in college, maybe like a few inches, and like the whole city shut down for like <laughs> <laughs> a week. <laughs> so moving somewhere yeah. where it was like torrential, like snowstorms wasn't on the radar um but you know at the time i was like didn't really have much going on in houston so i was like what the heck um so yeah i just um you know spent a lot of time like applying and researching and was able to get a job in chicago that moved me up here um and i was there for two years like as an analyst so still not in sales (laughs) but doing like all the all the analytics and all the like I, I I looked at myself like as a professional ghostwriter because like I would like build all of these sales presentations and then like other people would present it 
Um, ah, okay. Yeah. So it was and, like prep work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I don't know if it's like a credit to fame, but it's like an uh, interesting fact maybe. Like I, I probably built like thousands of slides that no one has seen but myself because like, <laughs> uh, like the VP that we built the presentations for, he's like an amazing presenter and he was, yeah. he like wants to have backup for the backup. So uh, we'd build like hundreds of backup slides that would just be there just in case he got called out. And then like, they would never ask him for any, <laughs> like any backup. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did that for a couple of years. And then once I was eligible to get promoted, they wanted me to get some field sales and that was going to be primarily working with different wholesalers. I was like working for Anheuser-Busch. Um, so I was like working with the other like beer wholesalers. Okay. Um, but in order to get that experience, I had to move from Chicago and I wasn't ready since I had like just got here. Yeah. Um, so at that point I started exploring like what it would take to get into like tech sales. Um, so that led me to a program called victory lab, which is like a, nice. it's like a startup boot camp for people who don't come from like traditional sales backgrounds. Um, but they give you like all the education and they teach you how to interview and to network, um, in order to get you into that role. So through that program, I actually discovered sprout. Um, but I think the cohort right before me, they, they took like, I think multiple people from that cohort. Okay. Um, so for my cohort, they weren't hiring any BDRs. Oh, really? So I ended up going to another company and while I was at that company, um, I was basically just watching the sprout <laughs> job boards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I had, I applied, I think at least three times and then finally I got an interview um, and was able to, to get into Sprout and have been loved my time there ever since. That's what's yeah. up, man. That's, yeah. uh, that's a level of uh, commitment and, and hustle to to just um, migrating cities, like taking that kind of critical feedback uh, when you were first trying to break into sales. Like, what was what was your kind of like perspective on the feedback that you you were getting about like? not being like enough uh, outgoing enough or not amped up enough like did you did you do anything to like kind of counterbalance that like in, in your like future interviews for these other companies or or was it more like okay like that's not the place for me or like what was your thinking on that um that was tough because i was like i i gave that feedback to my dad and my dad is is probably the most critical person to me outside of like kind of like I think I've overpassed him now yeah but like I gave him that feedback he's like yeah well you are reserved (laughs) (laughs) thanks dad it's like can you help me I think you support me on this um and it it was kind of just like uh, like mentally I was like oh well I can't do sales because these people can't they say I can't do it um and then like once I started like just doing more like research on it. And then especially with like, with like tech sales is a different kind of like sales. Cause, um, there's multiple ways to like get a meeting. Like right. you don't have to talk to someone on the phone. I could send like a really creative email or I could send a really creative, um, like video to somebody or talk to them on LinkedIn or, or Facebook message. So it's like, yeah, there's a million ways to get a meeting through like in the tech selling world. Um, so I think once I discovered that I was like excited about like getting into sales. Cause I knew it's like, there's not like a cookie cutter salesman. Um, so it, it took a while for me to get around and kind of like defeat that, 
I guess imposter syndrome was probably what it was. Yeah. Um, but I got, basically once I discovered like there's another realm of cells where it's not like going door to door and talking to people and building like right. relationships. <laughs> right. Which is what everybody thinks. Yeah. Of, right? Like, yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Um, and you know, I've heard like, I, I think I remember reading somewhere that like on the scale of like introversion and extroversion, like you don't actually see any like large differentiation of sales numbers between the two. Um, largely because like, introverts are able to make that kind of like deeper connection with uh, sometimes a smaller number of people that they're like actually like courting and selling um and on the flip side right like sometimes extroverts they just like talk too much you know <laughs> <laughs> and don't give like the customer enough time to actually like uh, like say this is a problem that i'm facing and can you solve it and stuff so yeah i think it's like really important to like overcome that kind of stereotypical view of of what it takes to be successful in sales so i'm really happy you've been able to kind of step into your purpose uh, in that regard yeah thank you I've, i mean i've learned that there's not a silver bullet either so those people yeah. are saying that only like the outgoing people can be successful are just completely wrong yeah um so let's talk a little bit then about your your year at sprout social uh let's talk like kind of specifically i think about just the what your experience has been like in regards to being on the sales team? Um, honestly, it's like I know this is like first brow, but it's like uh, <laughs> it's really it's like my favorite like um, organization that I, I've been a part of. Um, so it's all around just been a great experience. Um, the training was good. Like the, the there's just like so much support that you have. There's there's really so much people on your side that are really trying to like everyone wants to see you succeed. Um, and then the culture is just crazy um, from like the all's hands. Um, and then just like a lot of stuff that we do just throughout our team. It just, uh, it's, it's an incredible place to work. I'm, I'm so happy <laughs> to be in yeah, I'm so happy to be as proud. Yeah. Um, well, what would you say has been your biggest challenge like over the last year? Um, the, I would say obviously the biggest challenge is probably COVID. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If another person hits me like, Oh, we don't have any money cause of COVID. Like, yeah. Um, I think outside of that, um, but what was it about COVID that's, that has like impacted your role and the work that you do so much? So uh, just, I guess being in sales, we're, we're like reaching to a lot of people, like people just cold, like out of the blue. Um, so when it first started, it's kind of like that fine line between like, I know we're all going through like this disaster right now, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, I still got to hit my number. So finding, <laughs> <laughs> finding the way, the right way to be like empathetic um around like what's going on and still trying to like help people solve these problems because i do believe that the software that we sell um can really help people like through these times so it's like finding the right balance just with the messaging and not like being out of out of touch and then like as people have progressed and things have you know relatively gotten better it's just identifying um like what what people have budget and then how to work effectively around that 
Um, but I think outside of COVID, um, at my, my first sales job, it was kind of just like pick up the phone and just like, you know, call as many people as you could. Um, but at Sprout, it's a much more strategic approach. Like some people, like no matter what, like oh, I'm never gonna answer the phone or I'll never respond to email. So it's like finding <laughs> <Yeah>. the <laughs> like finding the right channel to connect with a person with a with the the right person. I think that's been the toughest challenge for me. Okay, channel channel selection and then just like optimizing for that channel. And I, I got I. I got to ask, like, how long does it take for, like, a successful kind of sales tactic to become obsolete, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know, because if I say something right now, people might hear it and then just fall on it. <laughs> and then it becomes immediately obsolete. Um, oh gosh, I don't know. I think it really depends on, like, who you're calling into because with, like, LinkedIn, there's a lot of people sharing like sales tactics on there like all day long. Yeah. Um, so with that, it makes me like feel that people expect to be sold a certain way. Um, and like if you, you can go all in on that and it might work for you or people just can get burned out on it because they're seeing the same thing over and over again. Right. Um, but I think one of the the key things about being successful in sales is just being able to iterate on what's working because like, no matter what, like if you do the same thing over and over again, it's, it's going to get burned out because if you're not the only person that's doing it, (laughs) um, so you got to be able to iterate on what's been working. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me because I know even with myself, like not, I'm not, not being on the sales side, but on the product side, you know, I'm regularly getting emails about like, got to try out this product yeah. management software. <laughs> I got to do this project management software. And I'm just like, uh, please just like leave LinkedIn alone. Like, you, you know, or you never know. But, um, I guess like it, for me at Sprout, I haven't really been in a role where I'm selecting the software. So it just feels to me like they haven't done their due diligence on the organization to like even target the right person. They're just kind of like spraying and praying. And then, and then when I say I'm not the right person, like the first question that they email back is who should I talk to? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Oh, go do your job. <laughs> hey, they're trying to get that homie hook up. <laughs> yeah, they really are. What? Uh, well, I guess what, has there ever been any kind of like outreach that you received that been like, oh wow, that's that was really good, like really clever, or is it all just like, nah? <laughs> I don't know if it's um, that it's all been nah. Like some of it could be really good, but if I'm not even in the mindset of like solving that problem or feeling like I need a piece of software to solve that problem or. Um, in the mindset of like being a vendor, like I, in previous product roles, like I've been a vendor, uh, before, right? Like I, I was product management for an e-commerce site. So we were like, all right, we need like a ratings and reviews vendor, or like we need different things like that. And if someone had reached out to me at that point, um, about those kinds of software, then like I would, I was like gung ho, but honestly, like I was pretty proactive as a product manager and like doing the research, which I think, um, 
probably even they're feeling that sprout sometimes is that uh, people are coming to you and they they actually know a lot more than you you think that they do but i'm curious like how often do you see that that the people that i'm speaking to know more about yeah they're they're just like more prepared than you would uh, expect them to be uh in terms of like wanting to seriously evaluate the, the software and stuff like that um I had an interesting call today where um, the person I was speaking to, like he was super like into like reporting and analytics, but he was just doing that natively through Facebook. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that was interesting because it's like, like you could tell he's a huge like data person. Right. Um, but he was just doing it natively. So I was like, it was like kind of, it was like kind of confusing. Um, but I, I would say like, just like as a whole, I think it's, it's pretty like, um, I, I think most of the people I, I speak to, they're aware of Sprout. Yeah. Um, and they like potentially are using a tool. It's just kind of identifying, um, like, like what value they see in a tool. Cause a lot of people right now just see it as like a, a means to just schedule post. Um, yeah. but it's like really finding the people who, who already see um, like a tool as something more than that. Yeah. Um, to, do you play a, a, a more active role in like getting them from the post mentality to uh, being open to, uh, to more or does that like come farther down the line in like the AE roles and stuff like that? Yeah. That, I mean that typically comes like on a discovery call with an AE but there are, there are some instances like where I might get someone on the phone and they're like really opening up and then that's a opportunity where I can like educate and, and, and like kind of like shine a flashlight for them and say like, Hey, this is the stuff that you could be doing. Yeah. Um, that typically comes on a discovery call with a, with an AE. That's what's up. Okay. So let's, uh, change direction a little bit. Um, so You've joined the Black at Sprout uh, BRG kind of leadership team, and I think you've been on for was it like ten months or so, something like that. Yeah, I don't know what the <laughs> official start date was. <laughs> yeah, I remember like reaching out to you and and seeing because I think other people um, like shared that they were like on the leadership team, and I was like, oh wait, I think I must have missed the <laughs> like <laughs> I must have missed that thing, so I reached out to you about trying to get involved, but I think yeah. that was, like, beginning of this year or something. Yeah. yeah. No, we um, – Kristen and I, we gave, like, a presentation. Actually, it was the day we went – we IPO'd. We went public, and so we had, like, a Black and Sprout lunch, and then we told everybody um, to apply. But, um, yeah, it was an interesting experience because, um, like, it seemed like people were excited in the meeting, and then, like, afterwards – we had a few people apply, um, was hoping for more. And then I remember I, I actually had a conversation with Amber Washington and she was like, yeah, uh, a lot of people probably just don't think that they're like cut out for it or they don't know that they could do it. So you just got to go talk to them and, um, like get them on board, uh, for even applying. And so that's what Chris and I did. And so we got a few people. But what I loved about uh, you and Francis was after we like got those people, the initial set, 
um both of you all just like came out of the woodwork and were like uh yeah <laughs> like uh nobody told us this was going on <laughs> well it, it makes sense because like if we're doing if it was a day that we ipo'd like yeah i had a, like, I had a margarita at my desk or whatever uh what are those i don't remember what is yeah, uh, uh mimosa yeah, yeah i had a mimosa yeah. at my yeah. desk the whole day so i probably wasn't paying attention yeah <laughs> Yeah, the mimosas. I, yeah, I had a couple that morning, and when we did the presentation at noon, I was like, "Man, I, <laughs> you know, got to get it together." Um, but yeah, I've been I've been really happy um, that you joined the team. I've been really impressed with just a lot of the versatility that you've shown on all the different projects and stuff that we've been doing. Um, and I know that it's mostly been like marketing and brand focused, and you've been like classically on the i guess sales side at sprout and maybe in your 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 previous role um kind of wondering what you think about the kind of difference between your experiences doing some of this like more marketing focused work versus the sales stuff that you've been doing and um, how you think that'll shape the work that you do in the future like regardless of what what kind of role you do next yeah um yeah, so like when I initially reached out to you, you said there was like two different areas where they needed help. Um, and then like the brand design team is like what interested me the most, but it is like on paper, it looked like something I couldn't do. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was yeah. like, it sounded super interesting. I was like, yeah, because I remember like the Slack I, I wrote out, it was like, um, I was like, I don't know about my skill set, but that's, that looks like something I wanted to do. <laughs> so then, yeah, I, did, I guess I really hopped in um, to, like, the first couple of meetings and then try to just add, like, value where I could. But um, as far as it, how it's, like, shaping, like, sales for, for me right now and then just being, like, potentially what could happen in the future, um, it's really just helping me, like, stretch those more creative muscles um, so when like, I'm thinking about like, put, um, like reaching out to somebody, it's not, not so much of like a template or response. Um, it's more something that's going to like stand out and catch their eye. Um, but it's, it's, it's been really great to, the, just having that scheduled time to like do something more creative. Um, cause like in the past I haven't really been able to do that in like a professional setting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the other aspects I've loved is just like seeing everybody on the team just kind of get together and talk and just kind of have these casual conversations. Cause, you know, it's at least on my side, on product development side, it's a little bit more rare that I'm on a team that has multiple black people um, kind of working together and doing some stuff. And so it's, it's been fun for me to see the camaraderie. Like, happen between you all um so that's been dope yeah i mean so like some of like uh, i just like whenever i look at my calendar and i see like black it sprouts whatever i'm like get super excited because i know like there'll be at least 10, 10 minutes of people just cutting up to, like, <laughs> so it's always like a good like pivot from like whatever i have going on it's like all right this can be like a, a time to just like relax and you know still get work done but it's like in a much more like fun environment. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Um, okay. So 
What do you think um, the future holds for you uh, at, at Sprout Social? Uh, interesting question. Interesting time. Um, I think right now I'm I'm on the like sales track. So um, if I kind of follow that route, it would be to go into either like like an SMB AE or uh, potentially looking at a CD AE selling to current customers. Um, but through the work that I've been doing with the on the leadership team at, for Black and Sprout, been also like looking at different like product marketing roles and kind of like. Um, finding more ways where I can like flex those muscles to, to gain some more experience there. So um, really, I think this this like Q4, the end of the year is going to be like an important time uh, for me. Just really thinking about like what makes the most sense uh, for me as a next step at Sprout. That's what's up. Yeah, and you're only a year in, so you still got three more years till so you're you're fully vested. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might dip into all the roles just to see <laughs> to extend my time. Yeah, no, I but it's a it's a good place to to do that kind of thing too, you know, and a a good time in a company's history because like they've got the stability, um, but they've also got the opportunities for you to kind of bounce around and do different things over the course of like four or five years that. Like could realistically like prepare you for um, like any kind of like director VP role um, at a large company. So it's a good time to be here for sure. Yeah, definitely lucked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you think uh, we got to do to create some more of that luck uh, for other black individuals to get the same kind of experiences um, that you've had at Sprout? So individuals that aren't yet working at Sprout. Um, yeah, I think it's it's really just getting the word out about, um, yeah, just about Sprout. And then I think specifically Black at Sprout, because um, just being in the tech industry, you know, there's not like a lot of black people in it. So there might be a reluctance to... So like even apply if they don't know what they're getting into. Yeah. So I think um, just tapping tapping into those those networks and those communities where people um, might not be like thinking about or like unsure about getting into tech, um, and then kind of just making ourselves known that like you know Sprout is would be potentially a great place for you to to come and and, and learn and develop. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important. Um, and I know, I think I've heard, we've talked about doing some more like college recruiting and stuff at historically black universities just to like get people, get the word out at that level and get people in the gate earlier, which I'm pretty excited about because I've had some working experiences i would say <laughs> that i didn't that i didn't necessarily love um you know and that's that's put in nicely um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so the idea that uh you know there are young black individuals that could graduate college and directly come work at a company like this and just have this kind of experience straight out of the gate um is really important to me because I think it just sets them up for like a far, far better future. Um, and not so much, um, 
aimless wandering and then not that there's anything wrong with aimless wandering because you know i did that for a while myself <laughs> but like it, it could be stressful at times yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay um so i got one final question for you um i asked this question of everyone and it's really about like if you had to like look inside yourself and think about like what is that thing that is your like why your like sense of purpose the thing that like drives you to do what you do man <laughs> <laughs> ending it out uh man eating out strongly um i think the longest time for me was like my why was to make my my family proud um but I think a few years for a few, a few years ago, it, it switched for me. Um, I had like a close friend pass away when I was in in college, and I, I kind of really struggled with that. It's something I still kind of struggle with. Um, and I think through that, it's kind of really kind of like redefined my why. Um, and now it's really just trying to be the best version of myself. Um, so like when I'm having like a tough day. Um, or like doing something I don't want to do. It's like, you know, how can I bring the best version of myself to this scenario? Um, so that's kind of like what like gets me going when I'm having those, <laughs> those, yeah. those rough moments. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it, it, for the longest time, I think like, cause my parents were like just super strict. <laughs> like <laughs> They did not play at all. So it's I like, how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just growing up is like, all right, I want to make my parents proud. I want to make my parents proud. I want to make my parents proud. And then um, I think really in college, just like not having them like just like overlooking everything I do and then getting that independence kind of like it death for one, it, it really helped out with confidence. Yeah. Um, and then once I ha once I had that, you know, that unfortunate event with my one of my close friends, I think that's when I kind of like start looking more inward and then just making sure that I'm doing the like whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it to the best of my ability and I'm bringing the best version of myself to it. That's so tough, man. That's cool. Try. I try. <laughs> yeah. No. And I, I know how it goes. Um, definitely with like trying to make that transition from, um, uh, like making your parents proud, which is a lot of times, like it just comes from like childhood, right? Like, um, to like actually like, okay, well, well now that I'm an adult, what is it that really like drives me? What is it that like motivates me? Um, and it seems like you've, you've chosen a why that represents some pretty strong values. So props to you, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> still, at the end of the day, I still drive my parents proud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Bobby. I really appreciate you being here today and uh, looking forward to uh, continue work with you over the next few years at Sprout Social. Yeah, thank you for having me, and I'm looking forward to uh, doing more dope stuff with Black and Sprout. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> All right, man. That was good.